Hey guys, John Paulamy here, Actionable Intelligence. It's Thursday, October 15th. Wanted to do a short video today on gold. Article that uh, struck me as very interesting, and that will lead into another discussion about uh, re-entry into Caledonia mining. But uh, this is from uh, John Tocqueville, or John Hathaway. He used to run the Tocqueville Gold uh, Fund. He's with Sprott now. But uh, I'll put a link to this article and why uh, gold is still very attractive. Uh, I believe the, the title of the article is something about something like uh, it's just simple mathematics. But anyways, uh, a couple blurbs from the article. The very strong investment fundamentals for gold and gold mining shares are based on what has been a slow, irreversible drift towards significant U.S. dollar devaluation. And we've talked about that, right? Uh, that's been going on since the 2000 tech bubble, the housing bubble in 2008, and now the um, COVID uh, crash, if you will. Uh, no allowance of any pain to happen to anyone. We're going to, you know, the government's going to step in and save everything. And that, that means they just print money. So paper assets, including equities, bonds, and currencies, have underperformed the dollar gold price since 2000. The dawn of radical monetary experimentation by central bankers. And if you go to the article, you will see a comparison of the returns of all these different asset classes. And in fact, gold has outperformed. One of the things that I like is that I think that uh, gold is underrepresented in many people's portfolios. I think the mindset in is, ch is going to change, is slowly changing. Obviously, we, we're way ahead of it. And that mindset is changing from a deflationary, disinflationary, low interest rate environment that's going to be heading to an inflationary uh, environment because of the monetary necessity for central bankers to finance government debts uh, with fiat money printing. Uh, they have no choice at this point. We've went over that before. And uh, so the point that Hathaway makes in the article is, in simple mathematical terms, the gold market could not clear at current prices if 1% of the 100 trillion or so of institutional assets under management were to move into the physical metal. So what he's saying here is, is that you know there's $100 trillion of money under management in institutions worldwide. And if 1% of that, $1 trillion, tried to move into gold, you could not, it wouldn't work. You couldn't get the money in because the gold price would explode higher and there wouldn't be enough gold to do that. And... I think there's a good chance of that happening. I think before this gold bull market is over with, uh, you're going to be shocked at how high the gold price is. And the reason is we're seeing that already. We're seeing people move into gold. We've talked about Ray Dalio. We've talked about Sam Zell. We've talked about uh, Druckenmiller. The big names are moving into gold. The Ohio Firemen and Police Pension Fund has you know, allotted 5% of their uh, of their pension money to gold. I think it was 5 or 10%. You're going to see more of that. You've seen Berkshire Hathaway take a position in Barrick Gold. Why are they doing this? Because they see the monetary malfeasance that's coming down the pipeline. You know, irregardless of this election result on November 3rd, uh, both Biden and Trump are going to spend money. And the hole that we've dug now is this COVID thing pushed us over the edge. The constant need to uh, have government involvement in rescuing the economy 
uh, is just getting bigger and bigger, and, and both parties are going to do that now. So it's not going to come from tax money. It's going to come from the magical monetary tree, MMT. So I wanted to throw this chart up here that Hathaway had in the article, and what it shows is the uh, accumulation of gold ETF holdings and blue bars. You see that uh, when it topped out last time at uh, the previous high, um, this is an average gold price, it looks like, uh, but um, uh, back in 2012, uh, you know, we were talking the, the size of the gold ETF holdings, and you can see where we are now in, t in 2020, and you see the gold price uh, is tracking that. So people are moving into gold, okay? Institutional money is moving into gold. More from the article. What is inescapable is that the future increase in the supply of U.S. dollars is likely to far outstrip the 1% to 2% annual growth in gold supply. And that's going to happen in many commodities and real assets. That's why we're moving into real assets. That's why this decade is going to be a decade of real assets. That's why copper and oil are going to outperform. Okay? So, actually, I believe that energy is going to outperform everything. But uh, gold has its place. Okay, and if you're going to increase the money supply at faster than, you know, 2%, faster than you can get the gold out of the ground, and people understand, you know, you know you're going to be into a yield control environment where the, where the, where the Federal, Federal Reserve Bank is going to keep the interest rates low and then run a higher inflation rate, uh, people are going to get wise to that and, and, and position themselves. And they're not going to be buying government 10-year bonds that are going to be, you know, go back to being called what they were back in the 70s and 80s, certificates of confiscation. So I wanted to read this other blurb by former Fed Governor Kevin Warsh. These are quotes from him, and they're in the article, and I think they're very important because it sums up, you know, they're telling you what they're going to do. You, you, you have to believe them. They're not, you know, this isn't a disinformation campaign. These are Fed officials telling you what's going to happen. If the economy does well in the coming quarters... I expect the Fed will expand significantly the scale, scope, and duration of its asset purpose purchases. That's if the economy does well. If the economy weakens or financial markets fall, the Fed will do even more. This is what political scientists call path dependency. When an institution sticks to a path for so long, it finds its options limited, detours difficult, and exits infeasible i.e., the Federal Reserve has painted itself into a corner. It has no choice but to keep printing. We have crossed the Rubicon. Going back to the uh, quote from former Fed Governor Kevin Warsh, the Fed is on a one-way path to a larger role in our economy and government. On the current trajectory, the Bank of Japan might be the model for Fed policy. A large buyer of public stocks and an indistinguishable partner with physical authorities. Physical authorities means government spending. The unimaginable, the unimaginable can become the inevitable. This is exactly what we've been talking about for a year. Okay? It's happening as we speak. The magical money tree, MMT, is in effect. They're right now arguing. They're not arguing. Think about what the argument is right now between Pelosi and Trump. The argument isn't like it used to be 10 or 20 years ago where the Democrats would say, we want to spend this much money, and the Republicans would say, would feign or act like they were physically responsible. We're just talking about the amount. 
Pelosi wants $2.2 trillion, and you know, the, the offer from the Republicans was $1.8 trillion. It, it, they still both want to spend money they don't have. That's what we're talking about here. A difference of $400 billion. I remember when these stimuluses used to come up, you know, Hank Paulson was on his knees during the financial crisis begging Bush for $700 billion. $700 billion. The Fed has increased its balance sheet by 4 or $5 trillion in just the last six months. And you don't think gold's going to go up? This recent pullback is just a rest. So I want to talk about Caledonia real quick. Um, you saw we blew it out here. We hit the top. That you know that's not because I'm a great trader. It was overbought. It was a blow. It was a blow off run. It needed to pull back. We took profits here. Uh, I don't normally like to do that, but you, I mean this thing went like up 40, 50 percent in like a week, and so we sold out. And you know I've been nibbling again. I'm I've been buying in here. Uh, I've been adding to my position. I like this company. I followed this company for many years. They have done a tremendous job in Zimbabwe. The blanket mine that they have there is, uh, you know, poised to go from about 55, 60,000 ounces a year to about 80,000 ounces a year in production in the next couple years. They're in the middle of the uh, putting in the new shafts, and that production will be coming online. So we've got past a lot of that capital expenditure, and we're going to see the fruits of the increased production. And we're going to see this increased production happening in a low-cost environment. This is one of the lowest-cost mines in the world, certainly one of the lowest-cost mines in Africa, if not the world. Um, the knock is, well, it's Zimbabwe. But you have to remember, this company was doing very well even during the Mugabe years, even when there was a lot of confiscation going on, even when they were forced into selling a lot of the company off uh, during the black, empowerment, uh, uh, black economic empowerment schemes that Mugabe came up with. You know, and after he died and a new, new government has come in, uh, it's not been, you know, it's not Singapore, it's not Hong Kong, but uh, they, they relaxed a lot of that, and uh, Caledonia has been using its, its cash flow to claw back a lot of those interests. They are now, they've bought back a lot of the partnership, uh, partnerships in the mine. So, you know, I think we're going to be an increasing gold market. This is what you want to see, right? You have an uptrending 200-day moving average. You got way above it. You got way above the 50-day and the 200-day. This thing, you know, needed to pull back. It got frothy. The whole gold market, the whole gold mining market got frothy, and it's been in a, it's been in a correction. Could it continue? Yes. Do I know how long it's going to continue? No. So what I do is it's come down. It's almost, you know, come down and kiss the 200-day. The 200-day is still rising, and the stock is now turned up. And, uh, you know, could it uh, go down further? Yes. Uh, but uh, I feel comfortable nibbling here, and if it drops some more, I'll probably add, okay? Um, I'm bullish on gold long-term, and I like this company. One of the reasons I'm becoming more bullish on Caledonia is they came out with a uh, news release last week. I think they were at the mining in Daba in Johannesburg, but I can't remember. I have to go look. But anyways, they had a press route. They had some press, and what they said in the press was, something I've been waiting for for a while, and that's uh, Caledonia talking about expanding in Zimbabwe. So Caledonia said it's in talks to acquire assets that would expand its gold mining operations in Zimbabwe. The Toronto-based gold producer is targeting both privately held assets and mothballed mines owned by the state, its spokesman Maurice Mason told Bloomberg. 
Acquisitions could help Caledonia boost its annual output more than eightfold to half a million ounces as the company considers investing $400 million in Zimbabwe over the next decade. Quote, obviously there is risk, but we think some of those risks are mispriced by the market. Zimbabwe offers good return for acceptable risk. So look, they've been operating there for a long time. They know the ins and outs. They're in the country. And it's the, the country has tremendous uh, prospects. There's It's not been overly explored. There's been former mining operations uh, that have had been capital starved that have been shut down, and that's what they're looking to do. They're looking to buy into, put capital in, and rehab existing mines or, uh, you know, partner with the state and for some of their assets. And I think you that's what you want to do. Uh, there's really not a lot of competition there, right? Who's who's going running to Zimbabwe to open up gold mining operations? I, I don't know of anyone besides these guys. And like I said, they're not some Johnny-come-lately. They've been operating there for many years. Uh, Mugabe's dead and buried. And, you know, the economy's not is a basket case. I, I admit that. But they've been able to operate there. And uh, they've been able to do well. They've been able to uh, pay dividends, increase production, um, and just keep making progress. And uh, so I like this company, and they have now a path to uh, potentially grow the company in Zimbabwe. And they have a lot of runway there because no one else is there competing with them. And the state is desperate for partners. It's desperate for people to put capital into the country. So... Do I think that they can go to a half million ounces this decade? I don't know. I don't, I don't know where they get the 400 million, but there's certainly mines there. They've talked about it before uh, that have been mothballed and would just need to be rehabbed. Now, that's not some easy endeavor, but these people have, have the ability. They, they worked in the country, and they know how to make it happen. So uh, I think in the article it also said they were looking to announce their first deal by year end. So we'll be looking forward to that. So I don't want to take too much of your time. I just wanted to point out this article. I wanted to just say that I was back nibbling in Caledonia. Some people follow me on that. They're curious what I'm doing with it. I sold out basically back in July. I've been back nibbling again. Do I think the gold um, uh, correction is over? I don't know. I think it's still a little bit frothy. There's still a lot of froth there. But uh, I like the price here for this company, so I, I started uh, taking some positions. So that's it for uh, this, uh, this episode, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys.